Leo, don't you dare. Go lay down. Did I look like a heckin' weirdo? No, you looked like um, when Ben Stiller is fat. And dodgeball? And dodgeball. Talk about a great movie. Dude, I love Dodgeball. Dodgeball is a classic, man. Oh, absolutely a classic. So, had you um, had you heard of The King before I yeah, mentioned? Uh, well, I didn't know anything about it. I saw it. Mm-hmm. Like when it released, I think it's almost a year old, like this month, I think. Yeah. As of, um, I think it came out November 1st oh. last year. Okay, so yeah, cool. it's just over, just over a year old now. So I, like, I remember when it came out mm-hmm. at first, um, I think I even started watching it. Maybe just got like 15 minutes in for whatever reason, got sidetracked and never finished it. Right. Um, but I Truthfully, don't know anything about the movie. Don't know anything about the director. Don't know anything about mm-hmm. most of the actors. Right. It was all completely new to me. I mean, you 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 know about Timothy Camomile though, right? <laughs> Tim- <laughs> Timothy Camelot. Timothy Camelot. <laughs> that's actually that's perfect fitting. for this. It's yeah, for the time. it fits so well for for this story. Exactly. For this movie. Can you can you hear me all right? Yeah. Can you hear me? I can't hear myself all right. Oh, you might need uh, you might need some volume here. Try that. Try that. Oh, much better. Better? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so I actually, I hadn't heard about this movie either until um, one of my buddies here was like, hey, we're going to we're gonna watch a movie tonight mm-hmm. on like the Netflix. It, it was uh, kind of in, I think it was like the start of the pandemic. So it was like March or April when we, we were just, everyone was locked down. We weren't going anywhere, hanging out or doing anything. Yeah. So we watched it on like Netflix Watch Party or something like that, some app you can download on your on your desktop and watch movies in real time together. Uh-huh. He was like, "We're gonna watch The King." And I was like, "I haven't heard of that." And he says, "It's a, it's a Netflix uh, period drama. I would kind of put it in the fantasy category just because it's you know it it's a medieval swords and stuff. It's just grounded more in reality because there's no dragons or." or wizards or anything like that. Right. Isn't it? So I think I was, I was just reading a bit about it. I'm pretty sure it was, um, obviously the story of King Henry, but it Mm -hmm. was, it was based off of the Shakespeare plays. Yes. And that's what kind of inspired it. And the, a lot of the story came from that. Right. It's funny. A lot of the criticism for this movie came because of how, historically inaccurate was it was it wasn't trying to be which didn't make any sense to me because it's a movie based on a set of plays which are based on reality so of course right. if you're third in line of reality you're going to be very far away from reality in terms of what your story is trying to say yeah and i don't think at at any point in time were they trying to make a realistic story one because i mean for for the first part, you know, this movie takes place in the 1400s. So how accurate is historical text from that era anyway? Right. You know, it's hard to ver one, it's hard to verify verify those stories. And two, who cares? Like the it, when you when you think about it, <laughs> if you really get down to it, who the hell cares? <laughs> Why do we care if it's if it's trying to be who cares? Well, and I mean it is a period piece and if you like if you like that style if you like that period of time and seeing that in film yeah it doesn't necessarily have to be exactly historically accurate and it's like you said it's um it's a movie based off of a play based off of real life or or word of mouth or written stories right, or whatever right. so it's it's not going to be exact and no. I don't, and I, I don't think it claims to be, or 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 really tries to be. No, I don't. I don't think so either. And even so, like even still, it it is. There is some like historical truth. I mean, one of the the main battle in the film is based on a real battle. Everything that happens in the movie is is based on the actual events. They're just, you know, the the characters are interpreted differently, and they're yes. they're portrayed differently than they are originally portrayed in historical text. But that never took anything away from the experience for me. And mm-hmm. I got to say, as far as like p- 
period fantasy kind of films go, this is probably one of my favorites. Yeah, well, and I I would agree with that. And I was pleasantly surprised because I don't typically like that. And this is repetitive, but I don't usually like that period um, Mm -hmm. when it's portrayed in movies. I think it it sometimes tends to be a little bit slow, um, a little bit too much um, just dialogue. For some reason, I feel like it's the standard for movies set in that era to be like fucking six hours long. And, yeah, and, <laughs> and I just mean, full of th- this one at like two and a half hours didn't mm-hmm. didn't feel like it was dragging. I felt it was paced pretty well. It was the, paced the times, really well. The times where I lost track of it was when, and I think it was more of a drama than an action movie. There was some yeah. good action, but. The times when I got a little bit lost or a little bit distracted were a lot of those just kind of expository moments, which right. are a little bit necessary when you're setting a scene like that that maybe not everybody's going to be familiar with. Right. I think um, I think the action in this movie is some of the best. Like, it's some yeah. of the, the, way, the way the action was shot, you know, a lot of it was made to look like very long takes. Mm-hmm. And the the scale of each battle was very well realized. And you know, this movie was made for $23 million. That's what I was just about to look up. And I, because I was thinking that, well, first it is, it's, was it a Netflix original or no? I believe it was. Yes. Yeah. I think, well, it was, it was released straight to Netflix. Okay. Um, I don't know if it was, Produced by Netflix or not? Well, regardless, given regardless. given the budget that they had, I was I was blown away by the scale that they were able to create. And right. the that main battle scene is so cool. First of all, it's long too, which typically in a movie like this we get just kind of short takes of of battle scenes and they last a minute or two and then right. it's back to the drama or back to the politics or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um and and one thing that struck me right off the bat was the costume design. Oh yeah, it was so well done. Mm-hmm. And when when you're dealing with themes like knights and like battle horses and right. that kind of stuff, you can't yeah. really. There's really no cutting corners because um, you have to make it look realistic. Right. You have to make it functional too. Um, and sometimes it's hard to do both of those things, but I thought, I thought they nailed it. And especially on the scale that they were working with and the number of people they had and the number of extras and all of those things, Mm -hmm. they, they, it was, it was beautiful. Oh yeah. And I think, you know, the fact that they were, the fact that they were able to kind of create the scale that they did with the budget that they had, I would never, I would never have thought that this movie was made for with $23 million. No. And the fact that they were able to pull off what they did, especially with the action pieces and with the cast too. I mean, it's not a it, Timothy it, Chameleon. Timothy Chameleon. Um, sorry, sorry. Timothy uh, Chandelier. He, um, he's, he's. I guess, I guess, technically, he's probably the biggest name. Joel Edgerton is in it too. He's a pretty big name. Um, Robert he, Pattinson is Robert in Pattinson's it. in it, but in a very minor Timothy Colander capacity. Timothy Colander. Timothy Cauliflower. Cauliflower. That's it. That's I think. The, I think we got it. Missing. Okay. So, um, <coughs> you know, the it it's technically an ensemble cast, but it's not like the most insane ensemble you've ever seen before. Right. But the fact that they they got the actors they did to play the roles that they did. I think it, it was a very well cast movie mm-hmm. as well. I thought each, each person in their own role really, really chewed up their scenery with, it, it seemed like with ease, like they had no problem getting into the characters right. they were portraying. Um, and I think from what I, from what I can remember, cause I didn't, I didn't realize um, that this movie was based on Shakespearean plays either. Mm-hmm. And if we, I mean, not to go away from the point I wanted to originally make, but the um, the fa- this is probably the best like based on a Shakespeare story movie I've ever seen. Yeah, I I'm not a, like I love Shakespeare plays, 
but there haven't been many movies or shows that have been adapted from Shakespeare that I've particularly enjoyed. Well, I think I think part of that and part of what makes it so successful is that it didn't try to it didn't necessarily try with the like Shakespearean dialogue. It mm-hmm. didn't try with um, kind of the I guess dialogue again that is set up within plays. It wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't trying to be a recreation. Right. And that's what made it so so successful because so yeah. many times um, when when Shakespearean plays are being made into movies, mm-hmm. they try to be recreations or they try a script that is pretty close to word for word and they try yeah. to use um, the the lines that everybody's familiar with mm-hmm. and a lot of times it just doesn't work. They try to make it tr- like actually Shakespearean. Yes. Right? This movie felt like it it took the it took it literally it was Shakespearean in that it took Shakespeare's idea which was a recreation of Henry V and went okay. We're gonna make our own recreation of his recreation, right? right? And, it, and it benefited from the the story. It benefited from the different themes that are seen throughout mm-hmm. the movie. It yeah. benefited from um, just having um, kind of having that connection with the audience by playing on on um, you know different issues that we all may be familiar with, mm-hmm. as far as um, you know the idea of um, uh, friendship and family when power is involved or right. when money is involved or wealth, um, mm-hmm. you know, just having those, um, familiar, familial relationships and, um, and then the, um, it, it gave a good look into kind of what you could expect the politics of being King at that time would be right. and, and being respected as a young leader and all of those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Those are some of the ideas that, that, it was able to kind of take and run with from its source material, but it wasn't, right. it wasn't trying to, um, it wasn't trying to do it in the same way. It was taking the ideas and, and turning it into its own and mm-hmm. it worked very well. One thing I think this movie really has going well for it too. Careful, Leo. You better not hit your phone we have phone. a, we have a bear oh, in the no. studio today. Here, lay down. Also, I would like to shout out to the fact that this is now the fourth lay different uh, setting we've, we've shot in. Oh, good boy. You're right. Fourth setting. He's truly a a giant. Fourth setting in like three weeks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Three weeks. We're super mobile. What what can I say? Um, what was it? Oh, one of the, one of the things this movie really has going for it that I really appreciated was it made me want to research after I had watched it. Yeah. You know, I watched it and I was very I had a obviously I had a, I had a good time watching it. I enjoyed the story and the characters. But when it was over, I was like, I want to know more. cuz I knew um, you know, Henry V is a a well-known historical figure. I just I, I didn't know much about it cuz we didn't I mean, even like world history in high school and stuff, we didn't learn much about, you know, Henry V specifically. Right. But from what I researched, Henry V was is widely considered to be like the best um like war war uh focused leader in like ever in british history at least in british history mm-hmm. like he was a he was a um he was a war mastermind like in terms of in terms of like how he planned battle and the way he was able to rally his troops because he often fought on the front lines with them yeah. And that, that's one thing I loved about this movie is it, it it portrayed Henry V as being in the center of it all, which, based on most historical text, is very accurate. Well, and he was always right there. It's it's such an interesting character in the movie too, and I don't know how this would play into actual history, but mm-hmm. he's kind of presented at first to be a bit of a pacifist. He doesn't, right. maybe not a pacifist, but he's trying to avoid getting his people into more battles. Right. He's, he's trying to um, save, I, I guess, prevent loss of life in these battles where he, yeah. he does the, he does the one fight where um, <clears throat> instead of allowing the entire army to go into battle, he has mm-hmm. like a, a one versus one fight right, right. to decide who wins that battle. And, mm-hmm. and whereas his brother wants to, um, have these grand scale battles to try to build his legacy right. and all of those mm-hmm. things. Um, so he's kind of presented as this guy that wants to 
he wants to avoid fighting, but he's not scared to fight if he needs to. Right. And that's part of what makes him so successful as a leader. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and it adds so much depth to the character as well. Right. The fact that he can go into a battle, I guess, kind of, um, knowing that the, the best outcome is in his hands. Like he can, he can steer the outcome of a battle in his hands alone. I think is a, it's a great, it's a great note to his character. Like he, cause in real life he was, he was, he had such an acumen for battle and for war. It, it, he, it was just like, he, he steered the British, like British armed forces to be like some of the most strongest set of armed forces that they ever were. Cause this takes place during the hundred years of war mm-hmm. between France and, and England. Um, I think, I don't know. I don't know like in what period of those hundred years, because also it wasn't actually a one, one, it didn't actually last a hundred years. Correct. But, um, it really, it turned things in favor of the British for a long time because he was so good at what he did that it just, it swayed all the power in favor of, 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 of the, um, you know, the British colonies at the time. Um, and also something cool I read about about Henry V was he was actually the one of the leaders in that period of war that came really really close to to creating true peace mm-hmm. with the French. I mean he married the he married the French king's um, daughter, which is which is true. They they did get married. Yeah. Um, what's inaccurate is it didn't happen right after that major battle. It was like five years before they actually met and got married in real life. Okay. Um, that was one historic, like major historical inaccuracy that I I found, which again, which it, makes it, no difference. And it literally makes no difference that's in something the movie. Too, timelines in that sense are sped up all the time. Exactly, yeah. both in writing and in film, yeah. or however you're portraying historical mm-hmm. events. Yeah, timelines like that are are even sometimes you know <clears throat> pretty exact. You know, conversations mm-hmm. will be will be written to to make it seem like for, it happened you know like all in one sitting and right for brevity it, just, and, it doesn't it doesn't happen that yeah. way but we can't like the these events are never going to happen back to back to back to back to right. back but in order to make it um something entertaining mm-hmm. you kind of have to do that so plus, that's it's kind of a that's a weak complaint yeah in my opinion plus like with a movie like this with movies like this in general i don't need to know passage of i know like i it's just kind of something that we already inherently know we know that time is passing probably a little like things are happening that things that are taking place in the movie there's probably a lot of gaps in between those things because it's a period piece it's a historical piece and things didn't happen as fast as they do in the present day and also i don't need to be i don't need for them to like scroll text across the scene across the screen that says five years later yeah, like right. I don't. I, there's no. I don't gain anything from that. It doesn't change the story at all. No, it doesn't. If anything, it it could hurt the pacing of the story overall, which I think this movie really nails is pacing. And honestly, at times it, it almost felt like it wasn't a movie so much as it was like a collection of like thirty minute episodes. Yeah, like twenty five thirty minute episodes that kind of actually have it, you know, they have a really good kind of narrative arc from the first act to the second act, to the third act, to the fourth act, to the fifth act. Things really kind of flowed together very seamlessly. Kind of to that point though. Um, and I, and I agree with you. I think the, the pacing was very well done. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I didn't really get bored at all, but the way you kind of mention it's, it's split up into what you could call short episodes. Yeah. I also noticed that there were, as good as the pacing was, there were brief times where it was like 15 to 20 minutes where I was just, I started to get like a little bit bored or started to be like, yeah. okay, this is dragging a little bit, mm-hmm. but it was never like, it never felt choppy. It never right. felt like, um, it never felt like I was waiting for the movie to be done. Maybe a couple scenes where I was like, okay, I've kind of had enough of this. Right. I'm, of I'm this. done with this area right. of the movie. Right. Yeah. But it never, I was never like, oh, I wish the movie was over. Like really two and a half hours. Right. It, right. was, it was more like, okay, this scene could have been three minutes shorter. Like right. that kind of thing. So it's not it's not even really a complaint. It almost works to their favor that yeah. 
that the the quote unquote boring parts are are placed so well within mm-hmm. the story and within the structure of the film right. that it never causes an issue. And they're also I mean they're also usually scenes involving um uh Timothy Carrot or like, you know, him and <laughs> him and Joel Edgerton or him and the 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 other advisor uh in the movie who uh William Gas Gastion, I don't know how to say his name. Gaston? Um, yes, William no Gaston. One walks like him or talks like him. So no, I've heard. That's very true. So I've been told. Um his character, he's like, you know, he's a chief advisor or something like that to Henry and he was an advisor to Henry's father too. Um do we want to get in the spoilers? Is that Are we okay to get in? We can this talk. Is, this is enough of a warning, right? Yeah. Spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen The King. Pause. Or ha- or hasn't seen history. Or has yeah, doesn't or know. Or hasn't seen Shakespeare. Who, who like us, had no idea about any of this story because we're historically inept. Or knows nothing Hip- about... Okay. About, just, about British history. Just go. Or the Henriad. I think that's what they call the Shakespeare plays. Timothy, hip, hip, hip Timothy Crawfish. Me, come back. Timothy Crawfish. <laughs> Timothy, wait, so... Wait, why did you tell them to hit pause and then come back? So they cannot <laughs> hear the spoilers and then come <laughs> back once they've watched the movie. Hit pause, oh, watch the movie, okay, and see. then come back to you, whatever this timestamp is. You didn't specify that. Sorry. You just said hit pause. I was then, going to, and then I got super distracted. they pause when you say to pause. I got super distracted, Okay. and I completely forgot that I wanted them to go see the movie while Dude. they paused it. My, this video. my foot is like soaking wet because he was playing with his toy and just slobbering all over the my foot. Oh my gosh! In the ground. So, um, you know, in in the third act, uh, Timothy Caramel finds out that, <laughs> that the fact that we're almost thirty minutes in and we still are figuring trying to figure out his last name, um, is a is a true testament to our 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 juvenile brains. Um. He finds out that his, you know, this dude, one of his one of his chief advisors, um, is actually the one who stirred the controversy between him and the French. Mm-hmm. And you know, at the time, there was already, you know, the the peace between the British and French was not good. Well, and but, part of that was his his father had kind of made it his life's work to right. try to overtake France. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be the leader of. He, France and right. Great Britain. And um Henry V actually had a very similar idea. Or like England. he he wanted Henry V wanted dominance over the French. It it's never re- I don't I mean I've never read the deep into historical texts like as to why he wanted to do that, but I thought that the the kind of driving force behind it it felt like a good enough reason to go into war with the French at the time. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. You know, because I mean, they were basically, they 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 were poking the bear, right? And when you poke the bear, not many good things happen. So, and but when he he, um, Henry V comes to learn that one of his chief advisors was actually the person who was behind all of the the uh, pot stirring, so to speak. Um. You know, there are a lot of there's this great conversation at the end between the two where Henry makes him stand on this stool while he's forcing the truth out of him. Um, A lot of the quieter moments where, you know, they kind of might seem like they 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 verge on on being overlong or maybe not quite necessary. There's always this movie had really well written dialogue, I think to where even in those moments you're still going, okay, but I'm, I'm still kind of, you know, there's enough there to make me want to keep going and see what they say next or what they do next, even in the more, even in the slower moments. And honestly, I feel like those moments seem slow because they're still And a lot of this movie is Mm -hmm. very mobile. There's a lot of motion in this movie. So when you do actually just kind of stop in one place for more than a couple of minutes in this movie, it does seem to drag because the camera's just not moving as much. Yeah. 
that's a big thing. Um, well, and that, I think that kind of drives that feeling. That scene that you're talking about too, I think is a great example of um, kind of the slower moments, um, but how effective they are. And I think a lot of it is due to um, the acting um, because a lot of the, a lot of the slower moments, a lot of the slower dialogue um, is intensified by the actors themselves. And it, they, they're able to build tension and they're able to, kind of build these rivalries between characters um, right. that that just grows throughout the film where you get to a scene like that um, that seems fairly slow and it's, um, it's towards the end, so you're not really sure how it's going to wrap up, mm-hmm. um, but it, it, really, it really pulls you in and you, you're kind of invested in, in that whole conversation and how that's going to end and, and how that might tie into the bigger picture. Right. Um, and... I loved that scene, and as much as I, as much as I have been talking about the being bored by the sort of back and forth dialogue, which mm-hmm. that's also just kind of a personal preference, because I find in a lot of movies those are the the scenes that kind of lose me. Yeah. Um, but um, I th- I think that scene's great, and and um, Timothy Crocodile brings a lot. <laughs> I can't do it anymore, dude. Dude, I I got a couple I, more, okay. so I'm gonna keep, say his name at least one more keep time. Keep him coming. I will. Um, no, say it as many times as you need. We'll yeah. We'll just end the episode with six minutes straight of us. Yeah. Um, rattling off names. Exactly. Or trying to figure out his last name. Yep. You said what? Timothy Crocodile. I think we're close. <laughs> We've got to be getting. We're, we're, we got to be getting because there. Because I'm running right? out of I'm running out of c words. Oh well. I mean, I could start saying actual name. Timothy Cambridge. Cambridge. Timothy, you're running out of c words. Well, don't be a b word about it, okay? T and crumpets. <laughs> so T and crumpets uh, gets to the <laughs> battlefield, and <laughs> uh, you know they might have, they might have had T and crumpets. Oh, I bet you they did. And I hundred percent. I bet you when he met with the French king, they had T and crumpets or whatever the French word for crumpet is. Crumpet. <laughs> Timothy croissant. Timothy croissant. <laughs> So in, uh, speaking of French, um, <laughs> I, th- I, th- I thought that um, uh, I thought Robert Pattinson's French accent was absolute garbage. It was kind of shit. Was, it was dog shit. It was actual dog shit. <laughs> like, it was not good. But here's I, the thing. I was like, that's terrible. Like, he he was, still put on was, a good performance. It was so bad. It was, but his accent his, was his actually was terrible. Good. His performance was good. Well, his performance was well written. Yes, but I could not get get over the I, like he just the horrid he accent. Never try and do a French accent again. I agree. Um, leave those to the professionals. One thing I I want to say about the the performances too. There are there are a lot of moments that I don't were, even know where I was going. I said crocodile and it just I didn't just finish went my on sentence. A, you just went on a trail. Okay, so go for it. There are a lot of moments where these characters are required to you know have pretty big scenes where they're yelling or getting into you know very intense heated conversations and you know with that when you're when you're asking a an actor or an actress to like you know really get like really go into it you can you can run into the problem of overacting like well because sometimes it's hard to fake emotions right right but i thought every time like like every every actor i mean uh robert pattinson joel edgerton uh timothy chimney um, like every single one of them, anytime they, they had these big moments, it, they, their performances really kind of, um, kind of came through for me. I, I really felt like they, they all were able to portray the emotions they wanted to throughout the entirety of the film. And, you know, it's very, there are a lot of very kind of brooding moments and I think one of the things that helps that really well is is the music in this movie. I loved the music in this movie because, <clears throat> I mean, it, you know, it's a pretty it's a pretty standard um, orchestra in terms of you know the type of the the score itself, but the the way it's actually composed is is kind of a little darker, a little grittier it, it well it also to it, it felt very modern for mm-hmm. the piece right um at least to me like it was um it felt like it felt like almost 
Hans Zimmer esque mm-hmm. at times. Right. Um, I don't know who actually wrote the score for this. Um, uh, I will tell you. But I, I, it, it didn't feel, it mm. didn't feel out of place. But it didn't feel older or, or right or tired in any way. Nicholas Brittell. he's an American composer. Um, he scored The Big Short. He's also scored Succession. Um, he actually won an Emmy for Succession. Um, he's also worked on If Beale Street Could Talk. So he's relatively new into the into the scene. Um, but no, I agree. It, it, it felt modern, but it was also, it was very well paced, um, for the movie. Your dog is aggressively loud (laughs) right now. (laughs) I can tell you're distracted. Don't worry about it. Who cares? I, who cares? Hold on. All right. We'll pause. No, don't pause. Oh, okay. Leo. <laughs> okay, he's 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 looking at the microphone very curiously. He's very confused as to why it's next to his water bowl. I think if Dom can oh oh he's going for oh no, now he's now he's afraid. Oh he's oh he's he's licking his mouth as if he wants some water, but he's just not going for it. I don't know if he's gonna go for it, guys. What's gonna happen? Now what the hell is oh now he's starting to Oh, he sees his collar. He sees his collar and he wants to bite his collar. Just wants to take it, rip it up, and just rip it apart. Come here, Leo. Yes. Say hi. Say hi. Say hello. Oh. Say hello. If only dogs could talk, man. Leo could just be a special guest. They can talk. To themselves. Not he, to us. They don't speak English. He talks to me so. Dom. I've gotten so I have no idea <laughs> where Are we I want talking wanted. about something. Um, Timothy Chocolate Chip. Timothy. So <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about the music. We were, and I was bringing up the point of how it's it's a it's very it's it's paced out well. It has a good tempo to it mm-hmm. for for the way the movie looks and kind of the way the movie is is paced. The music matches up very well, and it you know. It doesn't take away from anything. If anything, you know, it adds to each scene in its own way. And it, I don't know, it it just felt dark. Like, it added kind of a dark shade to the movie for me, hearing the type of music. Mm -hmm. And I've listened to it since watching the movie. So I know, I know when you're saying dark, you don't mean actual lighting. But can we take a minute to talk about how, well, first... We're 35 minutes in, and we have not even touched on oh boy. the cinematography. Oh, in this dude. Because this film is absolutely beautiful. And oh, one of the things that I noticed, too, is um, <clears throat> it seems to be at least almost entirely natural light, um, mm. which mm-hmm. which adds such a cool touch, and it makes it, so, it, makes it feel so much more realistic because there's actually, right. you know, there's scenes where it's cloudy so the scene is darker mm-hmm. um even even the scenes that are indoors are lit by candles or right. or sunlight coming in through the stained glass like it's mm-hmm. it it feels so real because they're not there's nothing artificial about it yeah which which adds so much to a period piece like this when that's mm-hmm. what you would expect it gives the movie a very um kind of monochromatic look like everything yeah. is kind of kind of grayscale almost but that's I didn't even but think the, about I didn't bright, even think about that. But yeah, the bright is like vividly bright because it's mm-hmm. out in the sunlight. And because it's, it's yeah, it's golden out. Right. I think I like that first battle, the very first battle scene where he's you know he's at, with his brother, mm-hmm. trying to convince him not to to do all this stuff. That scene is like markedly bright compared to the to the rest of the movie up until that point because everything else, like you said, yeah. is. It's either it's cloudy out or it's nighttime or they're inside and they're under candlelight. So like their faces are lit up, but things around them are super dark. Well, and that that's kind of a it it's something that can go overlooked, but it's mm-hmm. like that's quite a feat for a cinematographer to oh, yeah. to um so successfully use um 
natural lighting. Mm-hmm. I think Leo agrees with you. You know, he he's basically the size of a real human being. He, yeah. Like if he stood up on on his but, on his hind legs. But guess what? He doesn't pay rent. No, he doesn't. Lazy. You pay for him to he, live he here. You better start pulling his weight around here. Y- you saying. literally pay for him to live here. I know. We pay for our dog to live at our apartment, and let me tell you, I don't like that. <laughs> you don't you don't like the dog. Or you don't like paying for him. Both. <laughs> I don't like that dog one bit, and I love dogs. Hey, hopefully, he's not listening. Listen, okay. I like him, but I should love him. <laughs> Like he's my family, and we just haven't gotten there yet. We're trying to work on it. Okay, how's it going? We're going to therapy. Really, it's it's a process. Listen, listen. Therapy is about. Well, be patient, dude. Therapy is about when you do it with you know someone you're close to. It's about reconstructing what once was or what could be. Do you know his love language? Um. I think it's words of affirmation. So I'll come home and I'll be like, <laughs> "What does that mean?" And he'll come up and he'll lick my hand. Well, um, what I just said there was, um, "You think I love you, but you're a piece of shit." <laughs> you want to wrap this up? We're getting so off track. I do, but I don't because this movie was so beautiful. Dude, it was amazing. To look at. Also, so, some of the shots. Um, David Michaud, I think. I don't know how to say his last name. Um, the way he helms this movie is, I, I think, I mean, you know, there there aren't many great, fantasy period medieval movies like i i mean i at least to me i couldn't i couldn't name you a list of of great movies in that genre no and i think a lot of it is because the way they're shot and the cinematography mm-hmm. and things like that are just not memorable well and, and most often it it, it seems <clears throat> like this period um in particular is mm-hmm. Mostly portrayed in TV, like I. There's, That's very true. There's like yeah. 50 TV shows about this period of time, um, right? And part of that could be because of it's a little bit easier with something like this to pace a TV show, yeah, than make a movie that's actually enjoyable to watch, right? Because you just have so much to cover right. that maybe a movie can't do. I think this movie proves you can though. You can for sure tell a full story, yeah. like this in a, in a single film. And, and now I think a movie like this almost warrants a sequel, because I think there's I, a dude, lot I more was, story you could tell. I was tell. thinking the exact same thing, and um, I with with, and I don't did we decide if it was a Netflix original or if it was just released? Okay, to Netflix? so it was actually um, a Warner Brothers film. Okay, which makes a ton of sense because Warner Brothers is I mean Warner Brothers is really. It has a Warner Brothers look to it, if you know what yeah. I mean. No, it does. It's got kind of a Nolan esque vibe, and, the music too. and with the music and, um, just you know the type of film. You know, Warner Brothers kind of has a good stake on period pieces right now. Mm-hmm. Like they did, they did uh, King Arthur: Legend of the Sword in 2017. Yep. Uh, two years be- uh, before this movie. So it was originally a Warner Brothers film, and I guess they just decided not to distribute it, and Netflix bought the rights to it. Okay. Soon thereafter. So the reason why I asked that is because when I was when I was getting kind of towards the end of the movie, I was thinking that because it was a Netflix film, mm-hmm. they could presumably make another, um, and right, they could probably be pretty successful with it. I think. I um, think so. I think it opens the door. Not necessarily that there's a cliffhanger or anything like that, but right. there's just so many. You could follow new characters. You could follow a oh, new yeah. story with the same, um, with um, with King Henry again. Mm-hmm. I just think that there's so many other directions that you could go. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And I think, um, I mean, from from what I know and from people I I know who have who have watched this, it's been a very it's been a a pretty memorable film for people who have watched it. They yeah. they actually remember watching it, which is hard to say for for movies from this time like that that portray this time period mm-hmm. is 
feeling like it's memorable. A lot of that's because of the direction, the dedicated cinematography, the music, the, everything works in this movie's favor. Whereas with other movies that, that portray this era, you might have like one or two of those things going your way. You might have a, a great score, but you know, not a great story, not as dedicated actors and just kind of a, a, a by the book director. A director yeah. well, who's just kind of going through the motions with the film. With a period like this, too, or with with period pieces similar to this, it's <clears throat> easy to kind of name the cliches for this genre. And, and mm-hmm. this didn't really... This movie was not what I expected in all of the best ways. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I thought... Uh, I, I loved how grounded it was. Yeah. I love how I loved how grounded the characters were. Well, and it blends for me. It blends the drama and the action so well too. It's right. So, some of the action too is just like straight up brutal. It is. And it's it's super brutal. Yeah. It, it's it's heavy and mm-hmm. and the when there is violence, um, it's it's important. It has actual consequences you, to the story. You can feel the weight um, of it. Or almost. yes, exactly. It mm-hmm. carries a lot of weight and um, or. It goes a long way in in setting up characters and our our just general character development with mm-hmm. um, with King Henry. Um, so I think I think it's so well balanced, and that's part mm-hmm. of what makes it it that ties back into the pacing, that ties back mm-hmm. into the storytelling, all of these things that we've kind of right. touched on. Yeah, um, it really comes down to me um, comes down to balance. Right, right. I love how. Um and I thought this movie had great in terms of what you're saying, it had great balance, but it also the, the key, one of the big keys is that it matches its well-written dialogue with well edited action. Right. Yeah. Cause you, you can have a movie with amazing, amazingly edited action and poor dialogue, or you can have a movie with amazing dialogue that has poorly cut together action. And this movie was able to combine both of those positive qualities together throughout its runtime. Right. And the the audio and the visuals <clears throat> play so well with each right. other. Right. And you also never get that feeling of like, can we just get to the next action sequence? Can we just get to the next battle? You everything has its kind of own quality to it. Like you never feel like you want to get to the next big spectacle. Mm-hmm. Right? You're you're kind of okay with where you are throughout the movie. And I think that's another big positive this right this movie has with, going for with it. a movie like this it is it's such a big positive that i was not like wanting to rush it along right because right. it's so easy for us to get impatient um, well, yeah it and, kind of kind of like with what you were talking about about being bored you're like okay i'm, I'm kind of ready for this to be over but also like we don't have to leave like we, we can exactly. st- we can stay here yes. a little bit longer if we wanted and, to and with with the with the movies that we are used to Mm-hmm. today because as as few good period pieces of this time that we have had um we also just there haven't been as many in number right so right right so this one stands out for that reason but also with with a period piece like this and with the movies that we are used to seeing year after year yeah um just generally speaking our our attention spans and the the patience that we have for a film i feel like has has just kept getting shorter mm-hmm. right oh um, yeah yeah and and we're losing so much patience we want we want the next scene to happen we want the the excitement back mm-hmm. but i i never felt like throughout this movie that i was losing patience i never felt like right. i was trying to that I wanted it to be over or I wanted to get to the next scene. It didn't, it didn't drag. And that's such for, for this genre specifically, mm-hmm. like that's such a big accomplishment. Oh yeah. I agree. All right. You ready to wrap? I'm ready. I'll wrap it up. I, I like this movie a lot. I would love to see a sequel. Um, spoiler. It would probably be the only sequel because Henry V dies like stop eight years Don't after he that. becomes king. Don't tell me that. Yeah, it kind of sucked. People people loved Henry V in the in that time period. Like, wait, so what was he like? Twenty five when he died? He was um, no, he was in his thirties. Oh, okay. I think, because I I think when he became king, he was like twenty twenty three or twenty four or something like that. So yeah, he was yeah, dude, he was only king for eight years. 
Um, and then he died. Uh, people were actually, people were very upset. He was one, he's like one of the most well-loved kings in the history of England. I mean, England has a lot of, has had a lot of kings. They've had all the Henrys and the Georges. And the Louis. And the Louis, and then more Henrys and more Georges. And a couple other Georges, I'm pretty sure. Dude, and I gotta say. At least. I gotta say. Okay. Timothy Carbohydrate. <laughs> great, great Henry V. That that's probably the best one I've come up with so far. <laughs> yeah, if we ever I, meet if we ever meet this guy, he's gonna hate us. Well, because I'm gonna just call him Timothy Crayola right to his face. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna say Timothy Crayola and I'm gonna say Timothy Crayon. How are you, sir? <laughs> uh, Timothy trying... Coriander. Oh, that was a good one. Toyota yeah. Corolla. Toyota Corolla. <laughs> that would be the best thing, calling him not by his actual name. <laughs> Just random T and C word combinations. <laughs> Yikes. Oh, man. Train crash. Nice to meet you, brother. <laughs> I love your work. <laughs> anyway... What do you think grade wise? What would you give this movie? Um, I think I'd give it a. I think I'd give it a just a solid B. Solid B. I don't. I kind of struggle to go any higher than that. Mm-hmm. Kind of given how I have graded past movies. Right. Um, but. Well, here's the thing you got to think about. We haven't really, up until this point, watched, like, forced ourselves to watch bad movies. Right. Maybe we should. Maybe we should, so people know that we actually do hate movies. Some movies, because like, like for me, for gems, me, that garbage ass. Oh, I love uncut gems. I know. That's so we're I said. we're gonna have to fight about that one. Can we do an episode about uncut gems where yeah. we just debate each other? That'd be great. That'd be a great show. Be good. Um. Honestly, and this is probably just because I I do have I I really like this genre. I'm a, I'm a big fantasy fan. Yeah. And I just I kind of like I like this period when it's done well. And for me, this is one of the the prime examples of how well it actually can be done. So for me, I mean, this is I would give this movie a, I'd give it an A minus. Okay. I I really really like it, and I there was just so little that I didn't like. It, it's hard to go much lower than that. I think for me, my my favorite part of this film was um, was the way that it was shot and the cinematography and, and the camera work. And it's it's hard to it's hard to put into words. It's almost hard to discuss because there's <clears throat> not there's not really much you can say to describe it. You have to watch it right to, to understand what sort of made it so breathtaking in that mm-hmm. way. Yeah. And that's that's kind of why so little of this episode has been about the cinematography, but to me that was the single biggest One, bright spot. Right. Probably the strongest and, point. And and so for me, along with that B grade comes a very strong recommendation for people to watch this yes, movie. Definitely um, see this movie. Even if you're not a fan of that period, even if even if you kind of stray away from, like I do, the drawn-out dialogue and, mm-hmm. and kind of those setting-the-scene type right, situations, right. you will love how this movie looks. It is, oh, yeah. it's, it's enjoyable to watch um, from, a, from a pure technical standpoint. I think one of the, I think, okay, I think one reason why the cinematography looks so good is because it almost looks like a noir film. Yeah, with how to a, to like a degree, yeah. like there's such the the way they use shadows and you know super bright lighting also mixed with in like very harsh dark lighting like everything is is very sharp it it's it's not sharp in that like you know everything like it has like an edge to it it's sharp in that the contrast between light and darkness throughout the movie is very noticeable right right but but to one one point to that is um, the lighting. I think is is similar 
like you said, to a noir film, kind of that monochromatic, but it's mm-hmm. not, it's never over or undersaturated like you tend right, to see right. with noir films. Um, and that's what makes it so pleasing to look at mm-hmm. is it's just natural shadows and natural light. It's natural noir, bro. That's what it is. Whoa. You see what I just did there? All right, you want to take him out? Timothy Crouton. Oh, man. That's a good one. Timothy Krusty Krab. Timothy Krusty Krab. <laughs> Krusty Krab pizza is the pizza for you and me. Hey, that's not bad. I could have said Timothy Chumbucket. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I did. Or you could also say Damn Timothy. It. Never mind. <laughs> All right, let's wrap it up. <laughs> let's wrap it up. Let's get it over with. Here we go. This is my favorite part of the show is trying to say goodbye. I I hate goodbyes. I'm no good at goodbyes. You think Timothy Crabapple is good at goodbyes? <laughs> thank you so much for watching. Um, thank you for subscribing, commenting, leaving that five-star review, clicking the notification bell, all those things you know. You kn- Listen, if you're here... You know how to hit the subscribe button on YouTube. You know what you're doing. Because, because the only people that that listen to our shit is actually are already subscribed. All sixteen of them. <laughs> Damn right. If you're listening to us on on Spotify or SoundCloud or Apple Podcasting, thank you for coming to us on this platform. This is the platform where we release pretty much every single second of recording <laughs> that we do in order to get ready for and after the video has been recorded. So, uh, you know, there's there's always a little extra nugget or two in in, in this spot. So thank you for coming here. Again, if, if you are on the audio platforms, we are available anywhere you can find podcasts. Um, be sure to subscribe, leave that five-star review. Send us some comments. Leave us some comments on YouTube, um, anywhere on our Facebook. We have a Facebook page now. We're posting content there for all the latest videos and podcasts. So uh, be sure to stay tuned. Uh, We got more stuff coming. We're going to be talking about the haunting of Bly Manor over the next couple weeks. Pretty excited about that. And I want to kind of stay on, I think we're going to stay on the kind of maybe uh, kind of the overlooked train. Because I don't think many people know about this movie. And I think that's. No, and. We, I think that's we, had, sad. we had kind of talked about before doing like a hidden gems type of show, and this would have been one of them, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, that's all we got. We'll see you guys next time. Timothy Cottonball. Timothy Coconut. <laughs> <laughs> T- Timothy Cotton Headed Ninny Muggins.